Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. What's in there? Only what you take with you. Good evening. Since we're all strangers to each other, let's get acquainted with the drink, shall we? I've been here five years. They only owe me the right way up yesterday. Who didn't know his children? He didn't even knew he had a kid. Which one turned out better? Um, ooh. I still think Paul might be a better, better father. Um, I mean, the Baron probably would have raped his own kids, so I'm just gonna go with and what was, Paul is probably when, better. When you know who your, when you know your father is the Baron, that in and of itself is is awful. Yeah, but if you're Paul's kid, you are born with waking visions of sex. Already in, oh, in your yeah. mind. Born already an adult. Yeah. So you and you've seen you've your seen father, your, your grandfather. You experience what your father experienced with your mother. <laughs> oh, <laughs> none so of that is okay. What's, what's worse, ten minutes of that or ten minutes, ten minutes in the Baron's sauna <laughs> as he eats a cheesecake and molests you? <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's worse? Uh, none of that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> None of none of this is okay. It's all the entire. There's just some weird, weird things that happen in this book. I agree. And this book is Children of Dune. Yes, the Children of Dune. Uh, So this is the third book written by Frank Herbert. Um, Action packed thriller. This one. (laughs) This one. Flipped it. There's so, so much action. So much book. action. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time trying to decide whether I threw this book in fire. I went into I mean, this, no, I mean, yeah, going, am I going to be a Dune fan by the end of this? And after the monumental piece that is Children of Dune, I, I can't wait to get into this and talk. But hey, this is Deeper Dells where we delve deeper into series that we're doing on the main show. Deep. <laughs> so, um, Deep. Yeah. Yes, yes, it is. So here, once again, on our round table, although it is square, uh, square table, uh, we have super fan Danny P, the big DP. Can't wait. I've been I've been looking at some visuals from the mini series that got produced, and the aurora of the two sister brother in love was just amazing. <laughs> amazing picture to go into this. Give me a lot of experience. They made a miniseries? Yeah, sci-fi. Big sci-fi channel miniseries, and I'm hearing critics are okay with it. They don't mind. Okay, so I should maybe watch it? There's a nice cutaway with the brother and sister. Uh, 
Of course Very there close. is. Very Coily close. at each other. <laughs> we also have Paul, not Moy Deeb. That's what you think. <laughs> you can call me Moy Deeb. Yes, I am back. As I said before, I'm a fan of the Dune series. <laughs> but there's there's only so much Dune that I can read. And based off of what Danny said, I might have to read the books written not by Frank Herbert. <laughs> uh, but those aren't the actual Herbert books. They're I don't care. bastardization if, of what Herbert's vision was. If there are actual... Herbert's if vision was a vision of... Only Herbert may speak for <laughs> Herbert. Stagnation. <Of> st- stagnation. <laughs> Um, yeah, if there's actual action, I don't care who wrote it. I should be in control of the coital rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> Herbert, you can keep your coital rhythm all you want. But does his son, uh, who kind of co-authors or helps out on these, does does he have his father's knowledge? Of Did his the father coital teach rhythm? him the coital rhythm? I don't know, Ted. You're next to me. What do you think, Ted? Little Brian Herbert pops out of the womb and is just like, I know my mother, I know my father, and I know what Dune books I will write in the future. I feel like my dad did this for me with Mozart. I came out and was like, I see visions of my father, and I hear Mozart. So uh, here we are with Children of Dune, um, really hitting it off with some fast-paced birthing of kids. (laughs) Putting them on Dune. I feel that says something about Brian Herbert. <laughs> yeah. One of the books he co-authors is Butlerian Jihad. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But Dad, what is this Butlerian Jihad? Remember that? Con- imagine that conversation around the dinner table. Ooh. Well, son, uh, let me tell you. Years ago, in a different I feel universe. Like, I feel like Brian Herbert didn't eat dinner with his kids. No. no, no I, I feel like he he might have just kind of let them be. But, yeah, as uh, Ted was saying, here we are uh, to do our quick review, our deeper delve on Children of Dune by Frank Herbert. So we'd said in the last show, or maybe we didn't, that Dune was published by a sci-fi magazine called Analog. They did not pick up Dune Messiah. That one ended up going over to Galaxy, where it was published there. But now this one, Children of Dune, comes back to the home and was published in Analog magazine. Um... It's much bigger. We're, we're back on a par of being about the size of Dune at this point, so a higher page count. I didn't look into it if this book was successful or not, but I did hear it was critically well received. By this time, I think Dune had gotten the traction it needed and was being seen as a, more of the masterpiece I think most people think the first book is. I was going to say, did the critics skip the second book? Yeah, uh, critics, I think, universally panned. Actually, critics did not like the first book. Really? But critics at the time were more primed in the sci-fi genre for action heroes and adventures, a little bit more pulpy fare. Okay. And this was not something that was um, well-received. Dune Messiah, though, seems to fairly universally not be well-received by anybody. Critics, fans, audiences. I think now, um, in today's generation, people now seem to lump all of the Herbert stuff into one big chunk and say basically like a stinky caviar you need to enjoy all of this go to the opera eat your caviar buy your vinyl okay i've had caviar it's actually pretty good but i'm just sorry as a colloquial okay no this one was a bestseller not this one yeah. new award too so oh they, really they love this one 
good. So huh. this one, this one, I guess we could see. Did he finally meld together um, Dune and maybe the headier ideas of Dune Messiah and create something that's a little bit more audience friendly? Um, a lot of times, Dune Messiah is packaged with Children of Dune in the same novel. Like when the book club, science fiction book club stuff, does their like, hey, let's turn these out as hardcovers. Messiah and children usually get lumped together into one volume. Oh, okay. So I and I would agree with that. Uh, Messiah is just a, a bridge piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a really extended intro. Yeah, it could have been. Children of Dune. Yeah. It could have been about fifteen pages. It could have been a crawl. I think it could have been a George Luke, a Lucasian crawl at the beginning of a of this book. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. But hey, let's get it started off with a synopsis. Synopsis of Children of Dune. Sorry for this. It's a page and a half. <laughs> I'll be back. Hold on, i got to get the lotion. Uh, <laughs> it has been nine years since Paul shirked his fatherly responsibilities to go wandering the desert searching to find himself, like a burnout from the 1960s takes up running crystal shops in Sedona, Arizona. Don't be knocking crystal shops, man. Don't be knocking crystal shops. I love those. <laughs> but in the intervening time, the planet Arrakis has been undergoing a startling transformation. The deserts have begun to green. The Fremen are able in many areas to live without still suits. And many have left the desert sieges and taken up city life. The planet Arrakis also has a bit of an immigration problem, with people coming to see what has become of the planet of the Maudib. Build a wall. Build a wall. <laughs> Just got to wall off all the spaceports. <laughs> all the spaceports. The wall. Having left his children in the care of his sister, which we all knew was a bad idea since she was an abnormally creepy kid and grew into a maladjusted, egocentric space a spice addict with multiple personality disorder, the twins fear their aunt the death of Arrakis' environment, and their own mortality. So they endeavor to take their destiny into their own hands. Aaliyah, possessed by the child-molesting spirit of her dead grandfather, the Baron Vladimir Harkonnen, fears that the arrival of her mother, Jessica, will reveal that she is no more than a hopeless junkie. Meanwhile, a wild man comes out of the desert. He is called the Preacher, and he rails against the religious leaders. He baptizes in the wilderness and incites the ire of the religious hierarchy. Oh, wait, that's John the Baptist. Uh, some people <laughs> believe him to be Paul. Uh, it's obvious that it is. <laughs> House Carino, looking to depose of House Atreides and their leadership, plots against the family. The preacher travels to Seleucus Secundus, where Paul, uh, I mean the preacher, promises that Duncan Idaho will serve as the family's agent on Arrakis. The head of the family, Carino, is Wensitia, and she wishes that her son, Faradin, be wed to Aaliyah. Back in Arrakis, things start to heat up as Aaliyah tries to kill her mother, Jessica, but thanks to the help of loyal Duncan Idaho, Jessica escapes to the desert and there begins planning a counter-strike with a Fremen. Meanwhile, the twins have their own problems to deal with as they are attacked and almost killed by Lay's tigers. Sorry. <laughs> That's a cool. The Lay's Tigers. Yeah. What do you think Come about that? Better name. <laughs> Lay's Tigers. What, what do you have against Lay's Tigers? I mean, Just imagine a laser like duct tape to their head. <laughs> Just shooting. Shoot tigers with freaking laser beams. <laughs> <Yeah>. Tigers <laughs> with laser eyes, man. Well, tigers, tigers are real. So, ligers are huge. That's true. <laughs> But these aren't your ordinary children, remember. So they take the 
the le- the lemons of assassination and make lemonade. <laughs> Ganema masks her memory of what happens during the attack with self-hypnosis, making herself believe that Leto died in the attack. This allows Leto to run out into the desert to seek Daddy's help. Duncan and Jessica flee to Seleucus Secundus, and Jessica decides Mama will have her revenge. But it's a dish best served cold, and by the hands of a strapping young Carino youngling named Faradin. Faradin. I think it's Faradin. Faradin. How do you make? How do you make? How do you make things look spacey? You just put a. You remove a vowel and put a hyphen. <laughs> Space, man, that's all you need to do. Put a comma in there. Uh, She begins training him as a Jedi Bendu. Oh, I mean a Bene Gesserit. She plans on helping him become emperor and marry her granddaughter, Ganema. Leto doesn't find Daddy Paul. Instead, he's captured by a Fremen gang from Mad Max. They force-feed him spice, and he goes on a spirit quest. Pretty sure the same thing happened to Herbert in 1965. <laughs> <laughs> he was driving his motorcycle through. I don't think he got Arkansas. kidnapped. I think he just did it. There's no kidnap involved. He just made those things up. He showed up handcuffed and then forced them <laughs> to feed him spice. They've been force feeding me yeah. spice. Don't take me, no. Sir, why, why are you handcuffed? Why are you already handcuffed? You just showed up. He sees all possible futures for humanity. We die in all of them, all except for one, and he calls this one the Golden Path and decides to lead humans down it. Hey, Jim Jones was just getting things going in Northern <laughs> California, so why not? Was he part of Maybe, Jim Jones's, uh... Eh. I think Herbert went to some workshops. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's where the, the sunglasses, and then they have no eyes. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. sure Jones scolded him for not cleaning himself well enough before their <laughs> coital rhythm. <laughs> Like he did his other phone. That's true. Make sure you're clean when you're coming into Jim's house. <laughs> that was some pain and hammering. <coughs> but our golden boy <laughs> escapes the gang and runs out into the desert where, well, uh, I, anybody want to take this? He becomes one with nature. He, something about sand trout? The sand, I don't... the sand trout crawl all over them. Create All over him, he cr- creates an organic still suit. And he gets kind of superpowers. He's kind of a, like a desert Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good description. Yeah. Desert Spider-Man. Uh, he's kind of the desert Spider-Man combined with the morals of Swamp Thing, I guess. He runs into Daddy, and they team up. So the super smackdown is coming. That's right. Father-son. Except this is Frank Herbert, so you know no smackdown is coming. We're going to talk this thing out, baby. It's all We're about the coital talk. rhythm, man. It's all about the coital rhythm. we got to keep this, this rhythm going. da you don't want to bring the sun in too soon or it ruins the rhythm. Cashmere. Cashmere by Led yeah. Zeppelin is playing, yep. and we are not deviating from this rhythm. Keep mm-hmm. it down, boys. Okay, but since the series is written for the intelligentsia and not drooling action-oriented laity, more pedantic and prosaic action is on its way. So Duncan dies a second time and even tries to make himself a Nathan Hale by saying, I only regret that I have but two lives to give for Atreides. Stilgar, his knife still bloody from the deed, uh, also yells out like, Etu Stilgar. (laughs) Uh, Grabs Ganema, flees, but this is short-lived and Aaliyah steals Ganema back. Remember, she has to have a marriage between Ganema and Faradin. But wait, Paul and Leto, the original wedding crashers, arrive and Paul overturns the moneylender's table in the temple. Wait, that was Jesus. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> anyway, like most religious icons and apostles, Paul dies on the steps of the temple. This causes Leto to reveal his powers and the scales of hypnosis to fall from Ganema's eyes. Aaliyah can't handle the truth, and with her pervy uncle screaming no, throws herself out of a window to her death. Now immortal, omnipotent, and slathered in sand trout sputum, Leto <laughs> marries his sister. Well, don't worry, it's just ceremonial. They won't consummate this relationship because Leto's flying the demiboy flag now. <laughs> and he, po he is now poised to rule the galaxy with his sister at his side. For the next 4,000 years. <laughs> and by looking at the big, like, uh, I don't know, what, what would you call it? Jabba the Hutt slug creature on the next book. Um, yeah. worm. He goes full worm yeah. on this one. Yeah, I don't. Just has his face and his small little arms. Yeah, that is a disturbing picture, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't. I didn't actually look at like the picture of the book, and that is until you showed it to me, Danny. And that is, it is just disturbing. There's a lot of really. Actually, the book picture is tamed down. There's a lot of pictures online that like really good artists have done. Yeah, it's oof. It's. I gross. I will say you've uh, Bob, you've shown me some of like the different art and things yeah. that a lot of different people have done for that and. They have some great imagination uh, to I, what... I would say the visualization of Dune is fantastic. Yes. So again, I am I am excited to see what a movie version of this would be. I'm going to tell you people, fans of Dune, if you right now are stroking your neck beard and already condescending to the making of the Dune movie, it's going to be changed. Just prepare yourself for this not to be faithful to the book. They are going to change things because you cannot hold this movie of the book. They have to. If Otherwise, they want to make money. Yeah. If they want to lose their butts in this movie and then later people say well, you know that, that bombshell that came out? It was actually forward thinking for its time and very introspective. But like, be broke. But be broke at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway uh, let's get into Children of Dune. Um, we open up and we find out that Leto and Ganema, they're nine years old. So we've jumped ahead in time again, right? So they're there, so how many uh, years total since book one? Book That's twenty one. Are we at only twenty one? Is it with twelve for the last one? We're nine here. Twenty one, yes. And yeah. again, I'm not fact checking this, so people could be screaming right now. I don't know. Um, but we we open weird. Stillgar comes in, light bouncing around the room or whatever, checking on the twins, and then he thinks about murdering them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what would happen if I just stabbed them with my knife? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what an opening. I like it. It adds a little bit of uh, tension. Actually, I'm going to agree that this is a good opening. Yeah. You're starting out with twins. Uh, I like this. You're already putting them in danger. They're nine years old. Um, there's nothing like putting nine-year-old children in danger to instantly grip uh, you and get you involved in a plot. So, yeah, hey, good impulse. Get the blood going already. There's a creepy guy who wants to stab children. Good thought. Good thought. Good thought. Okay. Nice job, Frank. <laughs> We go out into the Siech, uh, Siech and meet their aunt, Aaliyah. Her grandmother, Jessica, is coming in for a visit. Um, because after Paul went into the desert to die, Aaliyah has been left as a regent. What's up with the Atreides family and abandoning their kids? Yeah, this is the most screwed up family. I mean, okay, Leto seemed like he was good. I was going to say, his family the, seemed to be normal yeah, when they showed up. And they just have turned into Paul abandons him uh jessica abandons her daughter and she admits at some at some point in the book like i gave up i was afraid and i just left yeah went back to church yeah. Pretty, 
Maybe this is some sort of commentary on the difference between the nuclear family ideal of the 1950s and then the more modern family arising in the 60s and 70s. What about the royal house of Atreus in Greek mythology? Oh, what? Incest, murder, children, bad people. There's a royal house of Atreus? Yeah. Wasn't Agamemnon a member of the royal house of Atreus? Sacrificed his own daughter Iphigenia, or Iphigenia to uh, sail to Troy? So in other words, Herbert just basically went through and took a lot of ideas from that as well. Well... Yeah, he incorporates a lot of Greek yeah, mythological ideas. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't. I, I need to check that again. I think that is. I thought Agamemnon was an Atreus house Might member. DPQ, look that up. He's a he's a player later on in the book. Agamemnon is. There's a guy. There's a character that will be called Agamemnon. Wow. Who wrote that? Brian Herbert. Brian. Okay. Brian's okay. like, Dad, you've used too much of the Bible. I'm going to Greek literature. <laughs> uh, we're stealing that next. Let's just combine the two. Okay, every, everybody's stolen a little bit from the Greek Greek literature. Yeah, it's, it's unavoidable. It's unavoidable. Yeah, yeah you, I, I agree. Um, <laughs> look it up. House of Atreus. Type it in. But Lady Jessica comes in on one of those beautiful ornithopters. Mm-hmm. I, again, I have a big insect-looking machine coming in. I don't think of what was in the movie. I just went with a helicopter. I don't know. Okay, helicopter, two blades. We finally get to see Seleucia Secundus. So we Sweaty prisoners doing push-ups, uh, well, playing we, volleyball. Maybe like Top Gun. Maybe that's your fantasy, but... Oh, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Stop so, mixing fantasy in this book, Ted. Yeah. We've, we've got Lay's Tigers being trained to kill the twins. That's pretty cool. Okay, so yeah. I'm already already I'm getting happier about this book. We've opened with with tension, uh, with the twins being under under the knife of Stilgar. Yep. We've gone to Lady Jessica, who's coming well, in. And when makes, makes me interested, it's an old character. I like Lady Jessica. When she came in, she kind of screwed with Aaliyah a lot. A where lot. she made everybody bowed and like had her troops take away a bunch of people and. Right. I, I love that part. I liked all of this, and I liked Lady Jessica. She was largely absent from the last book. I was kind of like, so what happened to Jessica? Why, why is she not here at all? So you got her coming in, and now you're setting up a very quickly what appears to be an oncoming action piece with laser tigers being trained. Um, again, I, I agree. I can't take the name. I hate laser tigers. What's wrong with laser tigers? Come on, they're a mix between well, uh, cannon cats. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> cannon cat. Cannon cats. What I've, else would you name them? I like cannon cats. I feel like I feel like we're just coming up with names that could be used in like some cartoon. Bean bangles. Five year olds. <laughs> Bean bangles. Yeah, they shoot lasers. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I got. I agree. I agree. Um, one thing that I will talk on this, though, is we go to Seleucus Secundus a few times during this book, but we don't get much of a description about it. I mean, we've been told that this is the planet, right, where it's the prisoners and everything. They don't give us a good... It doesn't really elucidate us on what this planet really looks or like. Or what the old emperor is doing. Any no. There. No. Nothing. No. Is he dead? We have no idea. We literally go to this place, one, to see laser tigers train... Every other time we go there, we're like in rooms, just talking in rooms yeah. again. We get no open, expansive view of what this planet's like. You set it up as a really cool planet. 
I'm not seeing any of it. No, all you see is a room where people are talking. Yeah. This is kind of oddly familiar. Rooms with people talking. You know what it feels like? When you, re- when you write a book, your imagination is the limit. It feels like he's on a limited budget. <laughs> he's he's making a movie on the cheap. He's like, we we can't afford can't, to get can't all this. We can't afford to show him Seleucus Secundus. We're just gonna fly in on a shuttle real quick, and we're just gonna be in a room. Yeah, like this is Star Trek on the cheap. But that was all a Messiah too, really. You don't get any sense of like greater world other than references to what people are scheming. They you know? drop well, a nuclear weapon. You get no right. feel for what size that is. Is this a small? Bunker busting nuke? Is this a mushroom cloud? Yeah. All we care is that Paul loses his eyesight. Right. Like the the sense of scope a lot of times is really off, or what is important in scope right. is is off. I feel sometimes in some of this. Stuff. But Jessica arrives, like we said, with Gurney Gurney Halleck. They're lovers, right? Um, Leto sits outside playing his ballast set. I kind of like that. He's he's becoming. Artistic. It's beautiful. Yeah, very nice. Ganima's not too happy about this. What? What's wrong with playing the? What's wrong with playing an instrument? Bob. What? What's wrong with playing an instrument? There's nothing wrong with playing an instrument. I think it's just fine that you play an instrument. <laughs> <laughs> Paul asked the question. I don't know. Hey, but hey, let's find out what. So, what's Paul going doing? The preacher. Hey, hey, it's not Paul. We don't know it's Paul yet. Yeah, we I think do. this is the worst, yeah we do. The worst hidden secret through this book is whether or not the preacher is because yeah, you already know he went out to the desert. D- There's no yeah. yeah, and he he has a guide that he has to use. No, he doesn't. It's yeah. Yeah. you're right. The, Who could it be, kids? Coming back from some the blind fremen. At the same time, I don't know if it's really supposed to be hidden from us. Like, are, right. is is Herbert really trying? It's hidden from the world, right? From his okay. world of Dune. But is it really supposed to be hidden from us, the reader? I, I, I don't I don't know. No, it's more dramatic irony where we know and the characters don't know. Yeah. He did that. He's done that a lot, actually. I think so. Yeah. We do jump to Aaliyah, though, um, after that. And let me tell you, she's nuts. She's gone straight up nuts. Oh, yeah. She's, she's a schizophrenic on heroin. Yeah. Basically, that's yeah. that's what she is. Spice has messed her up. She's got the Baron Harkonnen in her mind. This is the point, though, that where the book started to throw out anchor and drag for me again. Because I'm going, um, Aaliyah has so much mental... What's going on in her mind that I'm reading through? Mental dialogue. Yeah. And I'm not caring. I never... I never cared about Aaliyah too much in the last book, so I didn't grow any kind of affinity towards her. And now, as we're spending pages and pages going through what's going on in her mind and her mental breakdown, I don't care. No, I only liked her when she was little and creepy. Now she's old and annoying and crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much better as a tiny creepy child with her little (laughs) Gomjabar needle. I like some of the conversations they had with his, with her grandfather, Baron Harkonnen. Because Baron, the Baron is creepy. in her mind. Oh, yeah. so now this is the book where we can talk about it. The Baron Harkonnen has grandpa has come through her mind and is talking to her. Yeah, he's, he's the one creepy. that took over. So when you're preborn, that's why they call her abomination right away. Right. Because you can't handle all those voices, right? Yeah. So Jessica's in there, you know, trying to get the Leto and Ghani, see yeah. if they're human or not. Right. Doesn't trust Leto, <laughs> but trust. <laughs> But yeah, so there's a bunch of uh, competition for her, and eventually she chooses the Baron. Right. Because yep. he said he'll keep the other ones at bay. 
choose the guy that molests children. <laughs> <laughs> or, well, that's what we're saying. I don't know. He really did it. Money oh, no. Missed. No, he, he definitely did. In, in <laughs> Dune, he definitely did. <laughs> did you want him to? Murdered did he? Or he? No, I'm pretty he sure. Them. I'm he pretty murder? sure he, they like would repeatedly bring like boys to his room and then carry away their bodies. Are you okay with this? No. This is, this is where it was he, disturbing. Well, he does start pushing her to do weird things. Like he yeah. wants her to have an affair with this guy named David and then wants her to kill him just so he can watch her kill him. Yeah. Like he wants to continue his weird fetishes through her. He's just a weird guy. It's, that's well, the best yeah. description you can give. And I will say, with the inner, with the inner dialogue of Aaliyah's like, mind... I skipped a lot of that because I got bored with it and just went to the part where they're having conversations. I do like some of the nuggets. There's some things that popped out at me that are really good um, ideas from Herbert. One of those things uh, is where he says, these are illusions of popular history, which a successful religion must promote. That evil, evil men never prosper, only the brave deserve the fair, honesty is the best policy, actions speak louder than words, virtue always triumphs, a good deed is its own reward, any bad human can be reformed, religious talismans protect one from demon possession, only females understand the ancient mysteries, and the rich are doomed to unhappiness. So basically, Herbert takes all of kind of the truisms from culture, even at his time, and kind of lampoons them in his book about that these are things that religion must promote um, to be successful, but not necessarily that they're true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of thought that was pretty. That's a good quote. I like that. I like that one. Yeah. We then meet Asan Tariq. <laughs> I have nothing to say about him. <laughs> Danny. Tell us about Assam. He's a Sardaukar guy, right? Yeah. That's uh, trying he, to plan he for he the... Knife so he takes water from a bunch of fremen. What a terrorist. <laughs> He's an amazing guy. That's right. He was the one that uh, had his kid... They had five captured fremen and had his kid kill them, basically. Yeah. Correct? Right. Uh, Java... It's like an ISIS video. Kind of, yeah. And well, it was. Yeah. 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 It was It was a train... It was a... Uh, if you don't do this, you aren't one of us. Mm. What harden up? Yeah. What was the What was the clan that they were part of? Uh, it was because it was the Outcast Clan, wasn't it? Oh, of boy. Fremen. The, the, out, the Outsiders. Yeah, the Outsiders or the Outcast. It I was don't know. something like that. It was like yeah, the Outcast. I think it was the Outcast, where they were thrown out because they did terrible things and they were taking the water of of uh, Fremen by killing them, all that thing, all that stuff. Right. Then Big Boy showed up and Andre started rapping. And next thing you know. <laughs> <laughs> Outcast is a group. <laughs> so, okay, we get a right off the bat, though, we get back to the, things just being weird, right? Because Ganima and Leto uh, take on the persona of Chani and Paul. They played mom and dad. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Okay. It is told later that they've done this multiple times. Multiple times. So, here's the horrible thing about all of this is that when you're born the way they are they have the memories of everything everybody in their head so they know what mommy and daddy did in the bedroom okay but and grandma and grandpa is it that bad i mean think about it you already know you watched your parents bang when you were a kid no (laughs) no not 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 normal people you did right no wait what (laughs) 
Paul? No. Uh, I, Ted? Because you're alone. Ted? No comment. <laughs> I mean, it was... that. That's not an image anybody wants. Okay, so somebody elucidate me because I'm thinking, okay, so... Frank Herbert can bring up weird things like this because this is a great sci-fi idea. What would happen if children were born and in this religious state, right? They they were able to have the knowledge, like a godlike knowledge, but that would also leave lead you into these uncomfortable realms of your omniscient, your omnipresent. You know everything, which means that then you knew all the intimate details of all your family members that came before you. What kind of weirdness would that create? That's great. Where does he take this, though? Because I'm waiting for him to make some sort of moral statement about it to in some way elucidate the reader as to why he keeps bringing up this weird... This book is where finally I'm like, okay, is this just weird fetishizing for you, Herbert? Because I don't get where you're going with all of this stuff with the children and what they remember sexually about everybody. Because it just me, it for me, it feels like you're just being weird to be weird at this point. You're not making statements about it. Like I, I don't feel like it's being done for a larger reason besides to make things off-putting and weird. I don't know. Am I wrong on that, Danny? What do you think? <laughs> no, it's it's like this weird possession thing that they get into. Yeah, like consciousness that you remember. Yeah, can possess you and take over your body. Right. It just, I don't know. It's, I like it. I think it's interesting. I think it's but, very uh, interesting. It's, but it's, when your mom takes over your body and uh, your Paul dad takes over your brother's body and you're like, wow, we never did anything but heavy petting maybe? I, mean, I don't <laughs> know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, well, it and even, me out even when uh, Leto and Jessica are talking and he talks to her like the Leto that she was married to and, and he, talks she about... She wants him. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I, I feel like there's... There's a lot. I don't of think any of this is that weird. You guys are weird. <laughs> it's all good, man. So, grandma and People grandson, you're other, okay bro. with that, huh? Um, so we we do get the preacher again, right? right. Um, I liked the scenes with the preacher. I mean, I like I, this. He comes and he's strong. Like he comes out of the desert. He's got a message. So he comes out and he says, "I've got I got four things that I got to say to you." First message for Aaliyah. Um, he point. Uh, I bring her a warning. You who held the secret of duration in your loins have sold your future for an empty purse. His second message is for Stilgar, the Fremen Naib, who believes that he can translate the power of the tribes into the power of the Imperium. My warning to you, Stilgar, the most dangerous of all creation, is a rigid code of ethics. It will turn upon you and drive you into exile. Um... What is his other things? I can't remember. What that, there was that? I got it. Yeah, I don't. My what third, the third one. here. My third message is for the princess Irulan. Princess humiliation is a thing which no person can forget. I warn you to flee. And my fourth message is for Duncan Idaho. Duncan, you were taught to believe that loyalty buys loyalty. Oh, Duncan, do not believe in history because history is impelled by whatever passes for money. Duncan, take your horns and do what you know best how to do. Okay, so is that is that stuff epic and awesome that he says, or is it not? 
I like it. I wouldn't know if it's epic or awesome, but I, I do like that there's somebody there who's calling out the craziness that's been happening. I always like this idea of a lone voice in the wilderness kind of railing against society or whatever is on, uh, you know. But it's, it's that weird then since it's Paul and it's really the society, society he, created. he created, right? <laughs> but didn't didn't you kind of see that in Dune Messiah where he started to not like the, the society he created, where he started to right. hate it and want it to come down? He but started to see Aaliyah as a... Uh, reaching the point where it's bad and he was like I need right. to take this you down. You can say this at anything though. Like, So uh, J- if Jesus came back, would he rail against the church that has been created now? If if Muhammad came back, would he rail against what is going on with ISIS? Right? Like, You could say that is an extension of the religion you created or the thing that you did, Paul, but or is he just trying to reset the clock back to his ideal? Right, I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so, while well, Danny texts his wife, I'm trying to get caught up. <laughs> oh, we're going all over the place. It's part of the perks of going deeper. So we find Yuck. out. <laughs> so uh, the weirdness continues though, because we find out that the Bene Gesserit are really only after one thing. Uh, the 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 epitome of their plan is to have the twins bang. Pretty much. This this book has a lot of weird incest in it on every... Which I'm really is, tired of the Bene Gesserit at this point, by the way. I'm, like, yeah. give it up, man. What years of your breeding programs, do you view them as kind of the guy from John Carter of Mars uh, who talks about how they, they manipulate societies over time? Like, this is yeah. what the Bene Gesserit are trying to do here. Like, oh, through through thousands of years of genetic manipulation we will create a supreme being like that's the ultimate so goal. i kind of wonder how how aware is the vast majority of the population how aware are they of what the Bene Gesserit do i don't i don't know i don't think they're aware at all i think they're aware of the powers but not the everything else behind them right. yeah that's what i get the picture of too because you're kind of to myself i'm going like i don't feel like if the vast population knew what the Bene Gesserit were up to they'd allow that to stand this feels like something dark and underhanded that families, the, the, the monarchical families know about and that the higher-ups know. This is a corruption at the highest levels of office that the well, regular people don't know. I th- well, it's the American eugenics program yes. uh, veiled by the government, right? Yes, correct. Started here, moved to Germany, and taken to its horrible ends. Yes. I just think it's one of those where they see the Bene Gesserit as the advisors of their leaders and things, but they don't understand or it's not common knowledge. I don't even know if it's common knowledge among the leaders about the breeding program because some of them aren't truly aware. They just want to have a Bene Gesserit concubine or wife or anything along those lines. They don't understand that Bene Gesserit are deciding, hey, you are going to mate with this person. You are actually going to buy this person. Instead, uh, they think they are making the decision to buy. Like, I think Leto thought he was making the decision to buy Jessica, when in reality, right. the Bene Gesserit already had said, you're going to go with him. Right. Yeah, I want to be in control of what humans I buy. <laughs> <laughs> I need who I'm buying. Well, we have Aaliyah trying to work on Duncan, right? Because Aaliyah and Duncan are alone. She's trying to convince him to abduct her mom, Jessica. But Duncan can see through that, knows he's evil, but plays plays along. He, he plays along. He goes into his computer brain and can kind of see that, hey, 
she's possessed by something. She is a demon. Which there's going to be a long falling away of these two, where Duncan Idaho eventually will like break down, cry, and leave in a thopter uh, to go cry out in the desert. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what you do when you find out that your yeah. wife is actually possessed by you know your creepy Mario speed wagons? It's time for me to fly. <laughs> Get in the thopter and fly out over the desert. I've been <laughs> Just flying off into the sunset in the thopter. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, but this book, uh, we we have an exciting chapter after this on on bookkeeping and spice traders. <laughs> yeah, the middle part is the just, middle of Jesus. this book becomes insufferable to me. Like I'm listening to this one. This one was a weird one for me. I learned my lesson from Dune. For those of all, all of you who have hated me for not loving Dune the way I should have, I'm gonna blame a lot of it on the fact that I was listening to the audiobook and it just got muddled for me. So this one, I'm like, I'm gonna read this book and listen to it as well. So I literally listened to the audio version while having the book in front of me at the same time, trying to double up on both of these. Um, by this point, um, my kids are at camp and I was there to pick them up, so I'm sitting in the parking lot with the audiobook on double speed. <laughs> <laughs> Just flipping through the book. Going, this is the lamest thing you've ever admitted to. When in will your this life? end? Yeah. When will this end? Where's we'll your dad? We'll I don't know. He's in the car speed reading Dune again. <laughs> uh, I don't know. He puts on headphones. Uh, Christ. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Today I was sitting there writing plot synopses of, of it over my computer, hunched like a weirdo in the yeah, car. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's your dad doing now? Uh, he's writing plot synopses for yeah. Children of Dune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really hope your kids don't actually admit that, that you're doing that. No, no, years later when I'm dead, they'll listen to this and go like, that's what dad was doing in the car. <laughs> we thought he was writing some epic book, but in reality, no. No, no, no none of that happened. So, uh, Aaliyah and Jessica are in the Great Hall as Aaliyah makes judgments and a singer comes in and sings a stupid song. What's up with the songs? I gotta, I gotta ask that. Like, they have so many just songs or poems that are just kind of thrown in. Because that's what you... That's what you do. You look back, uh, you look at Lord of the Rings and how, what a great job was done with the songs there. And you say, I'm going to put that into my epic. I don't know. Canterbury Tales, Chaucer. Mm. No, no, yeah, the first Dune book, Gurney started singing. I was like, (laughs) Okay, I like Gurney, but uh, the singing can stop. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like, I highlighted it in the book and I thought I was going to bring something up. Now I'm looking at it. I don't even know. I don't know what I was going to say about Mm. it. So... (laughs) No, no idea. Um, so we we end up. Let's. I'm gonna jump down. To, I'm gonna skip over a few things here. That, that's good because that's kind of what I felt like I did with parts of this book. Is I just just there, there were a lot of parts where I just stopped reading the details and just tried to go to where there were conversations because some of the details were just too much. It let your reader make some of the details up themselves. Don't just describe it to death right exactly um telling versus showing paul <laughs> that's Th- true. thanks ted so leto and ganima disguised as workers go into the desert then know that they're going to be attacked by house carino because they can see the future so they know the lays tigers are coming um 
I have this quote here, and I don't know why I have it, so I'm just going to read it. It says, In the hour before dawn, Jessica sat immobile on a worn rug of spice cloth. Around her were the bare rocks of an old poor sitch. One of the original settlements, it lay below in the rim of a red chasm, sheltered from the westerlies of the desert. Al-Fali and his brothers had brought her here. Now they awaited word from Stilgar. The Fadaikin had moved cautiously in the matter of communication. However, Stilgar was not to know their location. I hate all of them. <laughs> Why do you have it? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm reading it even now, and I'm going, I... Ugh. Oh, I don't know. There's just... I've got other things highlighted, I know, that I was going to read through. But I'm like, ah, some of this stuff gets so... That's what I'm saying. Heavy. He can't help himself. Like, he... Uh, I don't even... I think he could just blame his entire writing style on a deliberate rhythm but really it's like weird choices to pull out of scenarios in which you could really do some great things but he just wants to keep going back to like this is my theology i am frank herbert i will put more of this in here you will believe it look how smart i am like honestly at some point i feel right. like it's some so of that. i would love to know how much of how much editing is there on this right like yeah, so right. so how much oversight of an editor at this time i do he, know he was his own editor. i know things like send this to the editor frank take a look at this all right uh, it looks good. <laughs> things like analog and Galaxy, I don't believe there was much editing that would go on. You would just submit things to it. They would put it in. I know he was an author of Clout at the time, but I wonder if once he became Frank Herbert, author of Dune, if there was... So, like, don't touch his stuff. Yeah, just, he's a genius. Let it go. Right. You well, know. Maybe. Well, <laughs> geniuses need editors to yeah. save all of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, Ganima. Even you, Ted. Uh, returning sees Palambasha and a woman named Muriz creeping around the Sitch. He has a Telelaxu belt box, so he must be able to control Lay's tigers. She uses her sand snorkel. This is a, this is an action scene. Action scene. She uses her sand snorkel as a blowgun and she kills Palambasha. There. I actually forgot that. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. So, uh, poison pills. That's real great. That's right? neat. That's I mean, neat. a little bit of action's always so, good. So, one of my favorite parts, something that you should like, uh, Leto is riding a sandworm. Yeah, well, <laughs> riding the worm's the best part. Do the spice, ride the worm. Ride the worm. <laughs> okay, so I have a C page 441 for how much I hate world building. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. What do I got? Anybody else got something they want to throw out here? Because I'll edit some of this, and then we'll, yeah. Ooh, that's where they decide to split up right, and she's going to go back. Yeah. And so then, they're attacked by these Lay's tigers. Yeah, and then they do the memory hypnosis. Yeah, so that well, she doesn't remember, so that so they, they can't. Why Lay's tigers? Like, where do you even <laughs> pull that out of? We got worms, we got sand, we got spice. Where do tigers fit into yeah. this? Yeah. Genetically modified creature that can uh, blend in with the environment and kill the kids. Or yeah. New, new watery, they were like specifically geared towards oh, the gray. Like, you know, really? Yeah, kind well, true. Jungly. Yep, kind of. No, moist. I think there's parts of that. But this book, uh, get the part that I really have the most problem with is how Herbert can't help himself from constantly world building. Yeah. All the time. Like every statement somebody makes, uh, it's not just like we're 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 going into this building. It's what. We're walking into the Fram Chossage. 
which back in the day was also known as the Tuli Lemanuncha. And yet... You know, which the water of the blah, 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 it means in the ancient Fremenese, due to, uh, like, he is creating a world that is so top-heavy that there's a segment of the population that's going to love that, right? right? They can go role-play, they can create guidebooks to it, but for me, it is just insufferable. And he, do, LARPing Dune? Could we LARP? <laughs> you could LARP. We Dune. probably could. <laughs> and yet, they couldn't talk about the planet of the uh, Sardukin. Uh, oh, Seleucus. Seleucus, yes. They could not uh-huh. world build that, something I'd be kind of interested in to see where that what that world looked like. I can world build prison for you if you'd like. <laughs> Give me about a minute and a half. Huh? <laughs> no, no, no so. thank you. No. no, thank you. Yeah. You tried that like two weeks ago. It was yeah. weird. <laughs> um, so let's talk about Ferradin. So what do you guys think of Ferradin? Uh, this is the, the, the boy from the house, Carino. His mom wants to set him up as the leader, the new emperor. And so she wants to kill the twins, take over Arrakis, instill him his power. Wants him to marry up with Ganima so they can live happily ever after. Yeah, he was kind of just, yeah, was he described as a sensitive boy? Yes. Who wasn't uh, really into the big fighting or, no. I, I, he was more of an intellect. Yeah. And he's and, smart and he, he picks up on stuff. Right. And so Jessica, after being kind of uh, after being attacked and everything on Arrakis, uh, flees to Seleucus Secundus and takes up with Faradin and decides to train him. Right? Like this is yep. part of her, her and what was plan. The, what was the first training that he had to concentrate on, do you remember? Yeah, fingers or what was it? He like stare at his hand and make it age. Yeah, I I old. have that as Did a Did you note. try it? No, I thought it was the stupidest thing I'd ever read. I'm like, again, I am like 500 pages into this book at this point, right? I don't know, 12 hours into the audio book, dying. I'm like, I'm, I got, I am buried in sand. I got the sand snorkel through the sand, tro- hoping something of note will happen. Finally, I'm like, okay, so are we gonna have the box? Are we gonna have something cool like the box? No, stare at your hand. Try to make it age. <laughs> I couldn't. Try it, it. it didn't work. It, I'm, I'm trying. It, it's not working right I'm now. Like, it's working. This it, is, it's aging before your eyes. That you in a, that, <laughs> that in a nutshell, I think, is where a, a reader should be at in the book at this time. That you would be holding the book open just staring and at just staring at your hand. Jake, watching God damn it. Watching <laughs> While you're reading this okay. book. <laughs> I, I do have to admit, I read this while I was camping, and there were some points where I had to reread the page like four times because I'm sitting there going, What the heck just happened? Uh, hold on, what just happened again? Yeah. Wait, wait, I gotta so reread were you, that again. Were your so, friends sitting around the fire making fun of you for reading Children of Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Especially when I described some of the things that were happening in the book, and they're just like, you, why? Why are you reading this? Yeah, they no. also don't read though, so eh, it doesn't. So matter. let's talk about probably what I think is the weirdest thing that happens in this book. So you have Leto, who goes frolicking off into the into the desert, where, like we said in the intro, he uh, gets attacked um, uh, or captured. I yep. Should say. Yep. Where then he's given way too much spice. You ODs on spice. Has his hey, visions. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, any more spice? Right. Well, he comes spice? up with his golden path, right, which is the the way that 
humanity is supposed to go. Okay, I, I feel like I've heard some heroin addicts talking about the golden, golden path, path periodically as they're like as they're coming out of just the. I think that's just an alley of urine in Vancouver, <laughs> uh, where all the heroin addicts hang out. Come down the golden alley, then they'll just spit and piss on you. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, Canadian. But, uh, they're, re- so they're really nice to you. <laughs> so he escapes through, through like this weird molestation of his, I don't know, independence. It was, it was weird. Let's yeah. just go with that. How is he violated by the gang? <laughs> well, he isn't, but he is, uh, what's his name is there? Gurney Halleck. Gurney, Gurney Halleck is there. Thinking he's on orders from Jessica, but it's really Aaliyah. Right, right. Yeah. So Jean-Luc is overseeing the poisoning. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and he doesn't die from it. He escapes, and he's gotten this vision of the golden path. And this is where he runs out into the desert, and things get really weird. He allows... So the worms in one stage of their development are called sand trout. Yes. Yes. Correct? That's like their first stage, I would say. There, There is a diagram on our Facebook page. Yeah. That was interesting. <laughs> Yes, there is. <laughs> Go down through the stuff. Um, but so they're called sand trout. Um, he allows them to crawl like all over him. I don't like any of this. Yeah, it's, the only reference is, oh, I remember the, the little Siege boys used to play a little game and yeah. crawl on their hands like gloves. And he, remembers, yeah. he remembers a game they used to play where you would crawl on their hands and eventually you would get flung off or something like oh, that. My yes. brother used to coat my body in sardines. <laughs> Uh, and see how long I can handle it. But uh, similar, but not the same. That's yeah. <laughs> so he 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 lets them do this, right? Um, and they create like a film over his entire body, which basically becomes a still suit, an organic still suit. But the still suit then starts growing cilia into his body. He becomes one with the worm. With the worm. So our, we're finding out kind of the worm in a lot of ways is the god of the land, like yes. a, a god of nature. And so now this is man and nature and man's religion and nature's religion becoming one in the duality of Plato. Yeah, I like it. You know why? Because uh, the laws of nature are what people should follow. Because that's what nature Well, follows. I do feel that this is in some ways maybe Herbert trying to... So he looked at the fallibility, the, maybe the higher order, but still fallibility of combining masculine and feminine. Then combining um, that with religion and the failing of that and the Godhead. And now he's looking at trying to combine the Godhead and nature. And we will see, I guess, in the next book that I will never read. Uh, whether, whether, whether that comes to fruition, right? Right. But it won't because people suck and they just want to believe in weird entities, not in actual nature in front of them. Think about it. Think about how much time and energy people spend not to knock everyone's religion. But <laughs> if if nature was the religion, people would be very invested in our earth and taking care of uh, animals and every living thing, but we're not at all. We're just kind of so, like, kind of going back to well, which is the kind of the call back to the fremen and kind of their, their right. nature, um, you know, religion that they had going. 
I've been watching Danny read the same paragraph on his phone <laughs> for like <laughs> 45 goddamn minutes. <laughs> and he just keeps doing the same finger <laughs> movement up and down. Up and down, up and down. Uh, Danny, what are, what no, are you doing? no, I finally got to the part where, uh, you know, he's he's becoming a superhuman, jumping over dunes. Oh, yes. Believe, and then he meets up with Paul again. You know, you, you know what I see Leto as? And I couldn't stop seeing. When they... When they, oh. when, when they when they talk about how he gets this weird organic sh- still suit that's that's on him, and he starts leaping around like a naked lemur all over the desert, I picture him as looking at the album cover of Mick Jagger in Rolling Stones' Goat's Head Soup. <laughs> like he's Whoa! Jumping yeah. around like that. Is that, that the arrow's loin? I saw him as Mick Jagger in Goat's uh, Head Soup. That's disturbing. Yeah, if you don't know what I'm talking about, people, look at. Actually, I'll post that to Facebook eventually. Please don't. I'm going to <laughs> that picture. Now he's going to. Say, Leto Atreides? Question. <laughs> Imagine having waking visions of Mick Jagger. Nope. On top of you. Okay. <laughs> nope. Can't even. Can't even. So let's talk about the powers that Leto gets. Because I think one thing that we didn't talk about enough when we talked about Dune, because I think it came up. Uh, somebody on Facebook had posted in a question who would win in a fight uh, Paul or Anakin Skywalker and there was divided opinions obviously as nerds would have right but what powers does Paul have and so thereby what Leto is the first time I see actual powers Paul just has the ability to see into the future and to command with his voice right yeah and you would think all right, I'm not. I am not going to go diving into that debate because that should. that could be bad. Because the Jedi, I mean, they have the mind tricks anyways. They can just Jedi they, mind trick. They can totally just ignore. You can't do Jedi mind tricks on a simple mind. The Jedi have are not simple minded people. Plus, they know action. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> There's action there. That that is very true. So I'm going to have to go with uh, the Jedi uh, always. Yeah. The last time we stood in a room talking, that was called Episode One. <laughs> And we know how that went. Paul just going to take a laser gun and cut Anakin right in half. Right in half. And it'll be over. <laughs> Lightsaber, just easy to just deflect it. Done. Yeah. So do you think Beaches is, is to the Dune galaxy what Jar Jar Binks is to yes. Star Wars? Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I will say, I think when uh, Leto was jumping around in his new sand trout suit, suit yes. I had an image of Jar Jar Binks jumping <laughs> around and like doing his stupid episode one <laughs> antics. That was my image of Leto in the suit with his new powers. I saw some sort of like emo kid in some sort of um, anime jumping around with his like arms back. <laughs> and like it just be like his well, head screaming he, with the weird whooshies. He had him. no control over it at first, so he's just jumping around like a child. So he has all the powers of Paul. He can, he's got a still suit that he can breathe through, and and he can. He's really strong. Tall buildings in a single bound. What else can this guy do? He's John Carter, super strong. John Carter of yeah. Mars. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Welcome to Barzoom. Yeah. He's just leaping everywhere. He's yeah. leaping, and he can go through the sand really quick. Like he can almost basically swim through it. Can he? Where yeah, where it's he can travel extremely fast and go through the dunes because the right. trout can swim through the dunes. Right, so he's like a worm. Yeah, and he's going to use his power to destroy most of the terraforming installations and things like that. He's so why 
I, get, I mean, I know kind of the answer to this question, but bringing it up, why, why does he want to bring back the desert? Why does he think the Fremen and bringing back the desert? Because it's the eco, ecological home of the worms? Yeah, he's seeing that the worms are dying currently. Okay, so not to jump too far ahead, why on the cover of the one book are the worms all swimming in water on that one? Which one's that? One of the one of the newer books has all the worms and they're riding on them and they're like swimming in an ocean. Oh, that was another uh, worm that they came up with to live in the water. Oh, so they've genetically manipulated them to do this? Okay. And that's like sweet spice. That's like jacked up spice. You get from those worms. So we so got, spice and you got your you got your heroin and then you got your fentanyl, basically. Yeah, okay, that's what it is. That, okay. worms. And then yeah, they yeah. yeah. they're brewing their own spice and they act a lot of their women's wounds just get you higher than a kite too i mean it gosh wow okay how much drugs did these people take when they were writing these books i mean this is a society that literally is 100 focused on drugs yes it's just crazy um okay so they run into daddy they team up yeah well yeah i mean so they i liked it because they started talking about paul and leto start talking like oh are you really gonna do this yeah yeah, you wouldn't do this, Paul? No. <laughs> no, no. I would not become a sandworm. <laughs> I couldn't do that. I mean, Which would I yeah. would you want to become a tube of teeth, basically? So I would like to be Frank Herbert selling this to the publisher. Like, um, so I know doing Messiah might not have all been what we hoped it was going to be. But listen, a guy turns into a worm in this one. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's good. He turns, into a worm. he turns into a worm. He can control the worms. He's jumping dunes. So he's swimming. This. You like Spider-Man. You like Spider-Man, right? Like he's jumping around. He's sleeping around. Like imagine my guy. He's jumping around like a Spider-Man, right? But he's also a worm. So he can tunnel through the dunes like a worm. Why, you ask? Because he allowed the trout to swim all over his body. Yeah. And he got a suit. He's covered in trout. All of the sand he's trout are trout on him. spawn all over and he can He's sucking the juices out of trout every once in a while. He becomes a terrorist, a jihadist. Think of how that would work nowadays. A fishy jihadist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nowadays that would be a... So you you can leave, sir. Yeah, sir, 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 we have... Boy swimming in the sir, we have security <laughs> coming. You have to leave. <laughs> Leading a bloody jihad. Um, Secur- really yeah, security, come quicker. Yeah. <laughs> So we come up on the last action scene again. Let's get to this like last, last major action piece. Just like the last book on the last action scene. Yeah. It's like, are you just repeating yourself on this? He oh, is. I think every action scene has happened in some throne room, basically. It happens in a throne room again. Constantly, throne room. Can... So Duncan dies a second time, like we'd said, right? Yeah. And you said that he will continue to die. Thousands. Thousands, thousands of, of times. <laughs> so talking about jumping the shark, right? Dun- okay, so this le- leads me to an idea. Is Duncan Idaho? Because I'm going to, now that we're at the end, towards the end, and we're going to talk about this last action scene. If there's a problem throughout this entire series is there is not an in-character for me, right? Like, what works about a lot of books is when there is a character that you, the reader, can identify with. There is no everyday man in this book whatsoever that I can identify with. I'm not Paul, right? Yeah. No, and you could have connected with Paul, I think, through through the first two books if it hadn't just turned into Herbert's Herbert's outer reality. Like you, you don't you lose a lot of like everything. Klob complained about with we're moving and packing and going to a new planet. 
All of that was very, I thought at least you connected you to the Atreides family. Oh, yeah. And Jessica and Paul's relationship, and you kind of got, you know, you were invested right. a little bit in them, but not anymore. That which is, I, I think, why the first book works. Right. Because you're like, hey, a kid moving, going to a new yeah. planet. His dad's killed, he needs to avenge and his dad. By the, you're yeah. tied into that. And by you, the end of that, you find out that, hey, you went from moving to a new home to becoming God of the universe. <laughs> right. Right? Like, that's pretty cool. But throughout the rest of these books, there's no in-character. The only one that maybe, I would say, was Duncan of Idaho, which he immediately kills and turns into um, Agola. Which I'm wondering, um, at, the, at the time he wrote the first book, what was majorly popular among science fiction is kind of that cardboard hero, the Flash Gordon-style hero. I wonder if that's what he's lampooning here. His name is like, you know, Flash Gordon, Duncan Idaho, right? right. And he's got yeah. sexual magnetism to him and everything. But in that, you know, you kill him, you bring him back as a cardboard fake human... Like, which is what a Flash Gordon-style hero would be. You have like no a, idea how hard it is to, for me to not start singing the Flash Gordon yeah. song. <laughs> um, and then... and then Queen did the gonna, Flash soundtrack, didn't they? Yes. That's yes, why they I did. thought Queen did the Dune song. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, Sorry to get you off Flash. track. Yeah. No, that's okay. Um, and then, so then when he keeps killing him again and again, is this just Frank Herbert beating up on the trope that everybody held his books up against. There's a Stargate episode where that happens. Jack O'Neill constantly murdered over and over and over again. It was a great episode. Oh, I don't remember that one. I love that show. Stargate, yeah. I, better than Doom. Yes! Oh, 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 oh. I shouldn't say that. So I, there will no. be so much internet rage. Yeah, there will. I was buying vinyl down at the vinyl shop this morning, <laughs> and I had my earbuds in, and I heard Bob say... Stargate's better than Dune. <laughs> and then I broke a vinyl. <laughs> Snapped it in half. I have to relive any of James Spader falling in love with that native woman uh, from Stargate. I will vomit I my I suppose you're going to say she was ugly. No, but Just James like you Spader. don't like Adrian Paul. James Spader's a douche. <laughs> <laughs> wow. In that movie. Sorry. In that movie. Yeah, in His that hair. movie. I agree. Yeah. Well, I like the television show better than Yeah, the tele- movie. television, the television shows, shows where you go. Just like Highlander, you should stick to the television. Except yeah. for the last, like, Please. two seasons. Two seasons. Skip those last two. I do like the first couple Highlander movies. Or the first Highlander movie. And I've, I've got a soft spot for the third one. But Never seen him. What? Oh, that's got to change. <laughs> How much do I not like Dune Children? I will go down a rabbit hole talking about Highlander and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's how much I don't want to even talk about well, the only action piece in this book. But which book's better, children or Messiah? Oh, children, children that, by far. That is a given. Yeah. There is action there in is, children. There is more interesting things being done in children than Messiah. Skip Messiah. Read the plot synopsis online. Just listen to the show and then leave it. <laughs> and come to children if you must see what this first trilogy is about. But let's talk about this final action piece, right? Um, so, Paul, Leo, because there's this wedding that's going on, right? Aaliyah has brought, um, or is getting Ganima together to marry, um, the, the, Faden, Faden, yeah, Faden. So Ganima and Faden are going to marry, marry up? It is, I'm looking, Faradin. Faradin, Faradin. The kids are getting hitched, yep. They're getting hitched. Paul and Leo are going to show up because they're going to crash this wedding. 
all of that kind of Paul stuff. Paul never crashes it, though. He just kind of dies in the mob, yeah, doesn't so, he? <laughs> let's talk well, about he, it, yeah. yeah uh, he, Aaliyah gets gets him knifed, basically. Gets him to speak she, out. She she, speaks out against Aaliyah. Yeah, she didn't want him knifed, though. She wanted him kidnapped. Like, right. she was going to take him, and then I think Paul's main job was, he already knew he was going to die. He just kind of was sitting there going, well, I'm going to piss off everybody before I go. Right. So Aaliyah, or, or so he talks against Aaliyah, the priests are so enraged that they kill him. This yeah. is this is the death of Jesus. Yes. And here, right, like he, he ticks off the Jewish elders and they crucify him. Only here he takes on the Caesar aspect, Julius Caesar, and is knifed on the steps. You know, um, I don't know. Did he go down like a punk? Is the death of Paul going down like a punk? Is this what you wanted from the story arc of Paul? No, I wanted Paul dying like on a worm, going down in glory. Yeah. Somehow doing something good. He said his crazy sister gets him. He's killed. been moping all Dune Messiah. In this book, yeah. he's just a crazy person out in the desert, comes back to get knifed on the steps of his crazy daughter's or crazy sister's um, palace. I, I didn't. I don't it's know. A sad ending in Paul's life. Well, he well, kind of—he I mean, was kind of. The statements s- being made there is that it's not epic. There's not epic grandeur. This is just real life, right. and this is just how he ends up biting it. I know. But anyway, back up to the wedding. Um, Lado comes crashing through the door. Here comes the action. Worm boy. <laughs> coming in. And he can leap. And he can yep. run. And he can break through the unbreakable door. Right. And the unbreakable glass. What other things can be unbreakable though? There's a lot of un, yeah, unbreak, unbreakable things that he just breaks. Lays glass. Lays type of glass. Yeah, lays glass. Lays There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, uh, Lado reveals his powers. I'm just reading my own synopsis now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Aaliyah ends up flipping out. Right. And yeah. They offer her. I, I'm. I'm forgetting this ending here now because it's been a little bit. But so. They they kind of try to save her. They, they're trying. Leto is trying to talk her off the edge, right? Yeah, he's trying. He gives her a few choices. I think yeah. he he breaks the window. Yeah. And is one of those where you know you can jump. Right. The Baron Harkonnen has totally kind of taking control over her and there's screaming at her to stop and trying to talk her yeah out there's doing it. there's a few moments of clarity where i think she realizes that's her only option is to jump and that's what and she does take save the power and yeah take the power away from the crazy creepy uncle and jump out and kill yourself on the steps um so that is the again i am shocked at how this book just just ends like the, I was even when I was listening to the audiobook going like, is there more? Not that I wanted more. Nope. But I'm going. There so, should be more. So this is how this. Ends. I mean, so you, he is now immortal. Like we are end up with Lado being not immortal, but close to. Him. Yeah. Superworm super boy. He's now superworm boy. He is going to marry his sister, but only in. Like, only in. They're not going to consummate that relationship, at least at the end of the He world. can't. He can't. Well, yeah. He is, yeah. Well, I never understood why he's married her. Just I, for, for I think it's to appease the Bene Gesserit or whatever, yeah. like, so that then 
he is now it's he says that he is now in control of the Benny Gesserit breeding program. He right. is the one that is organizing it. He is the one that is deciding everything. And so instead of an organization trying to control the emperor, the emperor is controlling his own breeding program. Right. He's become now the God Emperor, which yes. is segueing into God Emperor. He does admit at the very end, though, that he was possessed. Yes. Which then would make him an abom- abomination, wouldn't yeah. it? Right. Well, I feel now, without reading The God Emperor of Dune, like that book should be super corrupt. Like, I am not getting the feeling that Leto is going to actually usher in any kind of golden path for humanity. Well, yeah, it's a golden path in his vision. Yeah. yeah. Which is. Which is just getting everybody, just squeezing the spice, not letting anybody travel, taking them back to the Stone Age so they don't war. Right. And it's it's hard. Because I do feel the overarching um, idea that Herbert is trying to convey is that men with power and religion just corrupt. You know, and so yeah. he's his main his main figures are constantly trying to gain more and more control and trying to perfect things and they're just driving humanity down a worse and worse route all the time. Well, I think the difference with this one is that Paul wouldn't take that step right. to live thousands of years to make sure humanity followed the golden path mm-hmm. so they wouldn't be destroyed eventually by mm-hmm. the machines coming back. Right. And he was willing to do it, so he's just doing what he, the lesser of two evils, basically. Right. And he was willing to step up and turn himself into worm and rule for... 3,500 years. Of and he does time. talk about he how he will do terrible things. Right. They'll wish but, for the time of Paul and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Interesting. Well, but I, I liked on the very end where the Karinos just can't catch a break. The guy tries, he goes, I'm going to be Emperor. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do it now. I'm a scribe again? <laughs> Come on. Wait. Come on, man. You're a Why do I... historian. I'm going to be a scribe again. I know. But you do get a continue on the Trades line, though. Yeah, that's true. So, he, he he is married to like a ten year old or whatever. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. So final thoughts. So we've reached the end of Children of Dune. Final thoughts, Paul. What do you think? As Danny said, I think in one episode, he's duned out. I am duned out as well. Yeah. I would eventually like to maybe go read some of the later books that you said were more had more action in them, Danny, so that I could see a book that has more action versus these last few books compared to messiah children of dune is better i will say that children of dune had some parts of it that i enjoyed it had more parts i should say that i enjoyed there were definitely parts of this book where i have no idea what details frank herbert put in there because i didn't read them i just went with the dialogue to kind of get a gist of what was happening and then moved on from there because I don't care about Aaliyah's mental break. I mean, yeah, she's freaking out and everything, but I want to have I want to listen to the conversation between her and her crazy uncle, not the description of all the other weird stuff that's going on in her mind. So, I would say if you're going to go through the trilogy, like you said, read a synopsis of Messiah, then read Children of Dune. But that would be if you truly want to go down that rabbit hole. I do have to say, I'm going to throw it out here now this since you brought it up. Going on to the stuff that was uh, that was written by Kevin J. Anderson, mm-hmm. we've gotten a lot of uh, comments on Facebook about this. Um, so, Jonathan says, at the risk of launching into hyperbole, they are the worst books ever. 
Oh. <laughs> published. The worst books ever published that aren't by Ayn Rand. Oh. <laughs> That's fighting words because the big DP here, big fan of Atlas balls. Shrugged. Yeah. Big fan of Atlas Shrugged. Um, Justin says, I liked House Carino, House Harkonnen, and House Atreides well enough. The Butlerian Jihad trilogy that came next has lost me, though. Um, Janik uh, takes a picture, a look at the picture of Kevin and says, what, Stone Cold Steve Austin wrote a book? <laughs> um, uh, absolute Rubbish, says Eric. Lennon says, they're good. Then honored the topic. I read the first three to four trilogies. So you got Lennon okay, in, okay. to give it a try. And Clayton says they're kind of like what would happen if the Dune universe was adapted to YA, but at the cost of murdering its soul. Oh, yeah. And uh, YA like scares some, me. As soon as you say yeah, YA, i crazy. The first three books are YA for some of Dune. Christ, we're talking about nine-year-olds half the time. Yeah, but I don't <laughs> think that's considered YA at all. Um, yeah, yeah, because this is the one where Justin chimed in afterwards and said, "There's lots of rape in them, though, for YA." <laughs> and I, I said, well, I, I was like, what? <laughs> Justin says, the Harkonnens rape Duncan Idaho's sister to death in front of him. I feel, That's why he hates the Harkonnens. This, this Duncan Idaho, I feel, he encapsulates the brawny and sinewy action hero that is everything Herbert hates. So what does Herbert yeah. do? Kills him. Yeah. Turns him into a construct, and only to be killed thousands of times and then make sure his sister gets raped in front of him too like that's what those action sinewy action stars of the 40s and 50s deserve that yeah, yeah. i'm not sure because prayer uh, brian wrote the conclusion okay. like chapter house like ends on a cliffhanger because we still don't know what's coming for him right and then brian found the you know the bookshelf or the the the, the, the notes the notes the, yeah. the, the, the vault scatter, the Scat. scat notes. The scat notes. The and, scat notes. And he, he basically wrote them in the end to be the hero. So I don't know okay. if that's Brian or if that's or, what okay. Frank originally wanted. So yeah, Idaho be was, becomes the hero? Yeah, he eventually controls both the machine and the human. Okay. Wait, Idaho or Gola, Idaho? Gola, Gola well, Idaho. It's thousand, always going to be thousand Gola, Gola, Idaho. Idaho. It'll always no, be No, it'll Gola, always Idaho. be Duncan. And that's why he, he eventually wow. became the real quick. <laughs> <laughs> there is no Gola, man. It's just Duncan, man. Um, <laughs> okay, Ted, Ted. Yeah, Ted, final thoughts. I, too, am all Duned out, which is why I just made that last statement. I can't handle any more Dune. I will revisit Dune at a later time, probably in like five years. I'm not making this up. Uh, yeah. I don't, I really still love the original Dune. I can, I can only take so much of it at a time, though. I need to read something different. I need to switch it up. Um, the... Same reasons I love Dune are the same reasons I hate the next book, Dune Messiah, and then some somewhat apprehensive to keep diving into Frank Herbert's writing, and that is just that like I don't know. I want I want things he's not giving me as an author, but I also appreciate what he does give me at certain times. It's kind of frustrating. It's like fascinating and frustrating to see what else uh has become influenced by Dune and then we've watched as we've grown up or read other stuff. And then um, at the same time, I really wish it would have gone a different direction. I think I would really love doing a lot more. I really think your comments about the character stuff 
Hits it on the head, though. At some point, you lose any emotional attachment to any characters of the Dune universe because it all just becomes like a crazy circus and a lot of plotting and scheming and everyone just wants to kill each other. Like, at least on uh, some other of those threads, uh, like Game of Thrones, or you have other epic stories, you really do at least have some emotional ties to characters. I had that with Paul and Jessica at first. I don't really have it anymore to anything. Uh, Leah's crazy. Duncan's a gola. Paul's dead. Uh, Leto's a worm boy. Uh, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's true. I really want. I, I find myself like interested, but not invested. I'm just yeah. like, oh, okay, well, this is good. Yeah. So uh, I would avoid again, like Paul said, avoid Dune Messiah. Read Children of Dune. Carry on through the series until you literally cannot fathom thinking about Frank Herbert anymore and then just put it away for a long time. <laughs> and then in like 10 years, pull out Dune and be like, oh, I remember how good Dune was. And then you'll be like, oh yeah, Dune Messiah. Oh no. <laughs> and then just stop there. Just stop there. <laughs> so you just relive your stop. torture? Yeah. No, put it away. But, um, so it was great. I, I enjoyed doing all of our podcasts on Dune. I still love watching the movie. I'll watch it again, I'm sure, with Danny. Um, <laughs> I've never watched that movie. I don't know if I ever will. You can come on. Do I get to join you under the blanket? <laughs> so, so Danny, invite us, invite us all over into your mind. Uh, what are your final thoughts on uh, Children of Dune? I read all these like 10 years ago. I think it's the last time I read them. And I, I don't have any... So you're the guy who read like all 19 Dune books. And now after three, you're saying you're well, tired? What's so, going on? What's going on? So I read, I'm just even this podcast, I'm like, can we just get this last book over? <laughs> In the middle part, I'm like, it's so boring. <laughs> I mean, but though I, so I remember, I remember all the books faintly, as I recall now. I've right. got to reread them. It's like, oh my God, there's so much in here. But the Messiah and Children, when I redid them, I was like, ah. Yeah. I don't I, I never have fond memories of them anyway, so, but God Emperor Dune, I had Really fun really memories of them. Right. That I, that I like the book better. But if you want some continuation of the characters, it stops. I mean, the okay. next three books, it's like, it jumps ahead like 3,500 years, 3,500 years. Yeah, everybody's wife. Everyone's up. dead. And then you got, but Duncan's there, though. Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's a of, of course <laughs> he's there. there. Duncan. And then, and then you jump another like 1,500 years in the uh-huh. future again, and it's like all new characters. Wow. Like, I'm just reading through it, and it's like reading through like, a Jordan book with 45,000 characters. It's like real time. It's like, no, I can't keep track man. of them. Yeah, so yeah they're really going to have to yeah. dive into books because I can't remember half these things. But that's what the wiki is for, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. Right. Yeah, that is true. But I I still like them. I mean, it was it was okay. Yeah. They're not my favorite, but it, it starts going off the rails now. No, it really I mean, is it's crazy. It's more, it's a little bit more action packed right. with some more fight scenes. One-on-one fight scenes with some of the other Bene Gesserit and Honored Matri. It's just, but it's it goes. It, I, I I really enjoyed them, and you know, and then what what Brian and um, Anderson did is they they went to the, like prequels. Yeah. They give right. everything. Every uh, house gets a prequel, right? Yeah, and they give a nice history, and then they go back to the Butler and Jihad, which the one guy hated <laughs> because it dies down, and that's way more action-packed. Right. It's like machines, cyborgs. Right. Enslaving humans. This is, and all, this stuff is all like the that. stuff that these fans of Dune really seem to hate, but it's sounding more exciting. <laughs> well, I, I thought it gave a great history of, like, you know, the foundation of, you know, how the Mintax got formed. Right. After the Butler and Jihad. Which I think you know. is something that is necessary. I, again, I think that. 
Frank Herbert has a totally different statement to make. Like, he is a knowledgeable person who is very much into religion and statements on society and the interactions of religion. What he is trying to do through his books is not entertaining, necessarily. It is commentary on the human condition wrapped in a sci-fi thing. So, yes, the books will become soulless when it moves to a new author because... This is not, Dune is not a book that's supposed to become a Walt Disney serialized property. Like They will try. They will try. And there's, an, there's enough there that they could have made it Star Wars before Star Wars was Star Wars. For sure. But there was, the statements yeah. was, were too big. For yeah. that, to, it was trying to be too heady right. uh, with what it was doing. So are, is that your final thought, Bob? Or do you have more final, to add? I, actually, my final thought for sure is uh, dovetailing off of what Ted said. I loved his quote about it's like eventually becomes like watching a circus and that's what the book was that first book is gold Mm -hmm. and it's uh, you're following paul and you're invested in his rise he is your in character it's what i wanted to see should always Um, invest in paul i will rise and i will rule all Uh, after that it goes off the rails and like i said by the end it's um Man, it becomes a, a Greek tragedy. I want the Baron back. At least he was exciting. He was exciting. Yeah. What he was pulling was exciting. I, it was, it was just. Come back. It became a <laughs> crazy. <laughs> he, idea. I didn't, he comes I didn't back. Huh? I'm doomed out. I'm also doomed out. Tap I can't out. take anymore. I'm tapping out. So from know. here, just uh, you know, if you're listening to this, uh, if you made it with us through this third one, um, we're coming back in like two weeks already. We'll hopefully be coming out with a one-shot episode on Rama. Rendezvous with Rama. We're going to have a small table. Only three of us because the Ramans do everything in three. Yes, they do. (laughs) I also have written my own uh, spinoff of the Dune series. Look for it soon. It's called uh, Human Centipede of Dune. (laughs) Uh, uh, Wait, I think they made a movie about that. Yeah. That's a real page turn. I can imagine. (laughs) Please send me a link to that. I want to read through that. All right. (laughs) Can't put it in there. <laughs> well, thanks, boys. Uh, Thank you, buddy. Uh, let's go sit around uh, the CH fire. Do the sauna, Danny. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Dungeons and Dweebs. There's even more adventuring to be had at our website, dungeonsanddweebs.com. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at dungeonsanddweebspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find Dungeons and Dweebs on Facebook. Twitter, and YouTube. Find all those links at DungeonsAndDweebs.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. The music for Dungeons & Dweebs is Fatal Fight by Royalty Free Kings and can be found at their website, RoyaltyFreeKings.com. Dungeons & Dweebs is a Tim Gilbert Media Production, copyright 2017, all rights reserved, and no part of the show can be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Tim Gilbert Media.